Hi, and welcome to the first 18 of the NFL regular season with your hosts. I'm Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dweck. So as the NFL regular season comes to a close and we embark on our first week 18 in the NFL season, Shai and I are going to break down each and every matchup, what it means for the playoff picture, and then just the different scenarios that we could see as we close out the 2021 to 2022 NFL regular season. So, Shy, let's get right into it because it's game time. So, Shy, we have a pair of Saturday games, and we'll get to those games first. Let's start with the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Denver Broncos. Broncos, their season's complete, but this game does carry some weight as the Kansas City Chiefs after their tough loss to the Bengals, no longer have that one seed, but, but they still can get it. So this game still means something to the Chiefs. They're still in play for the one seed and the bye in the AFC, although they will need some help. Broncos, they're going to roll with Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. They put on IR. He's out. It's really a question. I feel like the biggest question surrounding the Denver Broncos, will this be the final game that Vic Fangio coaches and is the head coach of? for the Broncos organization. That's kind of another discussion for this game. It's in Denver, but this Chiefs, you know, bad second half last week, but overall this Chiefs team seems to be putting it all together, especially the offense. Yeah, I mean, the Chiefs, you know, people are going to hop off this Chiefs bandwagon because of a loss Cincinnati that was really well fought. Um, Cincinnati, they're playing on the road. Cincinnati's a hot team. They're a good team who, frankly, have similar offensive firepower as Kansas City when you think about the type of year that Jamar Chase has had, that T. Higgins has had, Tyler Boyd has had. They nearly have uh, 3,000-yard receivers this year, and that could easily change by the end of the season. They easily could by the end of the season. Um, I, I think when we talk about the Kansas City Chiefs, the main point of emphasis has been, can this offense and this defense come together in harmony and be consistent? And we've seen that against teams like Pittsburgh, against teams, you know, like like Denver's, like Oakland, not Oakland, Las Vegas. Still still taking me a little bit of time, Alex. Sooner, sooner or later, we'll all get it. Exactly. Um, and the Raiders are a playoff team, obviously playing better football now. But I think going into this playoff picture, they aren't the one seed, but I think they are still known as the best team in the AFC, um, especially when firing all cylinders. Look at this game at Denver. Denver's out of the running, nothing to play for. It's hard to see how Kansas City loses this game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm taking the Chiefs. I think the biggest thing to look for as the Chiefs head into the postseason is that secondary. And as they face elite offenses that can stretch the field, generate big chunk plays, it's can this secondary keep up? We saw against Cincy, they were solid early on, but eventually Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they both had their big splash plays. My worry, though, coming out of last week, as you said, they hung right with them, but they had a double-digit lead really through the majority 
they had a, I believe, through the majority, if not... At least half the game. I for half the game. They, they dominate the first half, for the most part. And you see, they really just laid an egg in the second half. And as when you're going up against teams that are, since he's caliber, playoff caliber teams, which obviously the Chiefs will be facing in just a couple of weeks, that's, you know, that type of second half isn't going to cut it. And... You know, against Denver, I think if you get that double-digit lead, I don't think the Broncos have the offensive firepower to keep up and play from behind. But again, in the playoffs, when you're going to be facing much better offenses, the Bills, you know, the Bengals potentially, the you know, the Chargers, if the Chargers get in, those offenses, although they don't want to play from behind, they are equipped to do so. And we saw last week the Chiefs unable to kind of just put those final finishing touches on last week's win offensively. They couldn't hold handle the lead. So that definitely is a concern of mine as the Chiefs face, you know, tough and stiff competition later in January. But I don't think that's, as I said, going to be a major problem this week. They're going to need help from the Houston Texans to beat the Tennessee Titans if they want the one seed. We'll get into that later. But I think, you know, for this game, I'm taking the Chiefs. I think just, you know, I'll be interested to see Patrick Sertan versus Tyreek Hill. Or actually, I believe Sertan is out this Sertan week. Sertan has been ruled Sertan out. Sertan has been ruled out. So unfortunately, we will not see that matchup. Because I think it would have been a great seeing the young cornerback go up against one of the better receivers in the game. I'm going with the Chiefs. I think they do get that offense rolling early. And again, I just don't think Denver, even with maybe more potential in Drew Locke than Teddy Bridgewater, they just don't have the overall offensive firepower to play from behind. Right. I think the only way Denver stays in this game is by really getting pressure on Mahomes. Uh, Chiefs offensive line is a little bit banged up. Orlando Brown Jr. clearly not at 100% capacity. And Lucas Niang has been ruled out for this game. He's had to step in as the starter um, for, for, for the Chiefs for, the rema- for much of this season. So if Bradley Chubb is able to take advantage of some of those matchups, we could see the Broncos be able to will or, or stay in a lower-scoring game and, and stay in it a little bit. But I think probably for the most part, Kansas City will have a solid lead. I think you were talking about a little bit, you know, as we close up this game. I think as the Chiefs look to the playoff picture, it's about, you know, they're very set in their ways defensively. Steve Spagnola, great defensive coordinator, However, if you play press coverage against Jamar Chase, and you know you 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 get something you can't do. I mean, you need to be able to make adjustments. Too many times against the Bengals, that's kind of just his. Looks. You look at him going back to his time in the Giants when they beat arguably one of the greatest offenses of all time in the at the time undefeated Patriots. He's always been a very aggressive guy, likes to play press, likes to send the house on third down, and he really does leave some of those cornerbacks on an island. So we'll see if these two teams face each other or if the Chiefs face another high-powered offense if he continues to do that. But that's kind of the way he's been for really the majority, if not all, of his career. And in the past, it has worked. So we will see if he does make those adjustments if he faces a team like the Bengals again or the Chargers next or potentially as early as uh, next week in the wild card round. Absolutely. So getting now second game, both these teams are in the playoffs. Not much at stake. Both these teams have everything locked up. That being the Dallas Cowboys taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. 
It's tough to tell who will and won't play. The Eagles have a small COVID outbreak right now. We'll see if some of those guys will be cleared to play. I do have a feeling, though, I think how the Cowboys will play their starters. I feel like it's a little murkier on Philly's end of does Jalen Hurts play or not. I love the way the Eagles are playing. I the Cowboys, they do have some question marks, but I think the Cowboys do get a win on the road, boosting some of their confidence, getting a big road win against a division opponent. If the Eagles play their starters, play everyone for you know the entire game, it's definitely going to be a difficult task. But I still think that you know, Dallas, with their talent level, I think they will be able to uh, take a bit, a big road game where they can really use this to potentially propel themselves into the playoffs, gain momentum. Because right now, they, it would be a rematch against the Cardinals, which you look at the Cardinals, they're probably one of the best non-division winners in the NFL right now. I think that's right. And, and they stayed with the Cardinals no, it was a great game at the same time. Well, at the same time, I think both of us thought the Cowboys at home would win that game. Right, right. I mean, obviously, if the controversial finish with the fumble, did, did you know? Did he fumble it or not? Well, I mean, the referees aren't. I mean, I guess you know maybe they could have had someone up top, the sky judge, look at it. But when you don't have any timeouts, therefore challenges by Mike McCarthy, you really can't blame it on the refs because it's. Yeah, that's a bang bang in real time, right? But and and that's and that's a play where it 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 uh it go it, sometimes it goes away, sometimes it doesn't, and obviously it's a great play. Uh, but the Cowboys were in that game. I think you know in position to win. Um, for Arizona, I didn't think Arizona was particularly convincing in that game. As a, as a side note, but I. I like the Cowboys to go into to Lincoln Financial Field win this game. Um, you have Miles Sanders out, Jason Kelsey out. They've been driving force of that running game. Um, it, it's especially if Jalen Hurts, you know, you know, maybe maybe he is able to play this game, but it's sometimes. I also know, you know Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard's on the COVID list. Uh, we'll see. He might be active in time. They could also limit his snaps, though. Coming off the COVID list, we don't know how how they'll handle that situation with really their number one weapon in the passing game. He's really developed with Jalen Hurts as the, as the season has gone along. Yeah, every player comes off the COVID list differently. Some guys play really well coming off it. Some are you know sluggish and a little, and a little bit slower. I I think in any event, the Cowboys are just kind of out gotten out man the Eagles here. So. We're both going the Cowboys. So as we transition now to the Sunday slate, let's finish up with the NFC East. The Washington football team taking on the New York Giants. Mike Glennon, he's out this week. So it's actually going to be Jake Fromm for the Giants. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Daniel Jones might not be the solution. And I'm not even saying he's a good quarterback. But I think we should take a step back and see... The type of team the Giants have become without Daniel Jones. I mean, they weren't a good team with Jan- Daniel Jones. And offensively, they were a you know a bad offense. But they went from you know below average, even bad, to uh, incompetent, barely looking like an NFL team out there without Daniel Jones. So again, I'm not saying Daniel Jones is a long term answer at quarterback for them. I'm not saying he's a franchise guy that can carry a team week in and week out, but I do think we've seen that maybe it wasn't all Daniel Jones, 
when he was healthy with the Giants, maybe he got a little too much blame given the given really what he was dealing with regarding the offensive line, the weapons that he had, whether they were on the field or injured in a lot of cases, and just the overall management of how this Giants team and roster was constructed. And it's a big reason why Dave Gettleman will be the general manager for only one more game with the New York Giants. I think that's right, Alex. Um, looking at this week, it's hard to pick against football team. Well, I, here. I don't know if it's hard to pick against the football team or just hard to pick the Giants. Like, I feel like those are two I different... Think the latter, yeah. Like, I think when you're saying it's hard to pick the, against the football team, you're really saying is, look at what the Giants have been without Daniel Jones the last few weeks, and how can you pick them? And I'm, again, I, I'm right there That's with you. Exactly I agree. You know, the fo- Washington football team, they haven't been great, but they have been competitive. Tyler, uh, not Taylor Heineke, not Tyler Huntley. Taylor Heineke has played solid football for Washington. They've been in games. They have been competitive for the most part. I mean, they had their debacle against Dallas a couple of weeks ago, but overall, they have been competitive, and again, facing a team with its third-string quarterback making a second-career start, this is a game that Washington should win, and I think they will on the road to wrap up their season. And really, now the biggest mystery is, what will their team name be? I think that's right. And they, uh, it, 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 they're not out on the football team officially, though, Alex. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, Beforehand, I didn't think they were completely out, but by the looks of it, it's it's leaning like I think it's going to be not just the Washington football team, but the Washington something. So fe- February 2nd, I know they're officially announcing the new name of the Washington football team. So definitely something if you're a fan of that team or really just some an NFL fan looking to, you know for something to look forward to, February 2nd, there will be some pretty significant news in the NFL. So, Shai, let's go to a game a week ago we thought could potentially decide the division. Now looking at it, turns out doesn't mean a thing. Both quarterbacks are out. Cincinnati Bengals taking on the Cleveland Browns. Joe Burrow resting. I would assume a lot of the Bengals high-profile players will, won't be playing or will only be playing in minimum fashion in this game you look at Cleveland tough to see who will and won't be playing I think though if you're healthy you're going to be playing Baker Mayfield he's going to get his surgery in the near future it made sense to shut him down and a lot of people I feel like over the last few weeks have been piling on Baker Mayfield and a lot of people are saying you know he's overrated and the Browns need to upgrade this offseason And my view is, unless you're going to be all-in for a Russell Wilson or an Aaron Rodgers, it's not a strong quarterback draft class. Is there really a guy out there that you think is a significant upgrade over Baker Mayfield? I mean, you look at guys like Kenny Pickett in the draft, Jimmy Garoppolo, potentially, with a departure with the Niners. But I look out there, and I just don't think there's a significant upgrade out there or an upgrade worth making this offseason Baker Mayfield he has the fifth year option that you already picked up it's about 20 million which for a quarterback is really on the cheap end overall and Baker Mayfield is not a top 10 quarterback 
At the same time, I don't think he's as bad as he was this year. Remember, I mean, he went toe-to-toe with just... I mean, they put up over 40 points, I believe, against the Los Angeles Chargers. In week one, when he was fully healthy, the Browns had the Chiefs in their hands before, oh, I believe, a block punt kind of switched the momentum and the Chiefs went on to come back and win that game. But you do look at this Browns team were competitive and they were able to put up points with Mayfield at quarterback before he got really banged up and he tore his labrum and he was wearing a harness for the majority of the season. So I think it's, again, I'm not saying he's a top 10 quarterback. I don't know if he's the future franchise guy the Browns were hoping he would be when they took him number one overall a few years ago. At the same time, I think it's a little bit unfair to pile on as much as some people have to Mayfield just because of all the injuries he's dealt with. And I don't want to make too many excuses. I'm not saying, again, he's probably more of a middle-of-the-pack quarterback, but I feel like with some of what's being said of him right now, people are almost acting like he's a bottom 5-7 to seven quarterback, which is just not true. I completely agree. Um, frankly, you know, I, I believe in Baker. Um, I'm a Baker reliever. I, I, it's very hard to play with that torn labrum and that, and that harness on. Um, you see the difference. Think last, you know, this time last year, he blew out the Pittsburgh Steelers in Heinz Field. And yes, they ran the ball down the Steelers' throat that game. But, you know, he made some big throws. You know, he got them in position, you know, to make the playoffs competing with the Kansas City Chiefs. this is a team that was right there last season and they've been banged up. Yes. They've underperformed, especially in the defensive side of the ball. Um, But yes, they have been banged up and And so is that that offensive line, that offensive line, Jack Conklin's injured. They gave up nine sacks to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That offensive line isn't healthy either. That that's true. Baker Mayfield, was essentially, in my opinion, fed to the Wolves the past half the season. I mean, he wasn't in a position to play. And his offensive line, as you said, was debilitated. In the next, I, if this, I think it, it will pay off for the Browns to give Baker Mayfield another chance. I, you can say he's a system quarterback. I don't know yet if, if, if we know to say otherwise. But he runs that system very, very well in that play action. You know, when when he's given that line, when that running game is going, I believe he can win this team games next season and make a significant playoff run. So I am going with the Cleveland Browns. I think more starters for the Bengals are going to sit out knowing that they will be playing You know, a week from Sunday, most likely, or a week from Saturday. You also look at Brandon Allen versus you know, Case Keenum. Case Keenum's, I think, one of the better backups in the NFL. You definitely can win a game with Case Keenum at quarterback. And again, when you're going going up against an opponent that's resting a lot of guys, I give the edge to Keenum. I give the edge to the Browns. I do think they end their season with a win. Yeah, I'll take the Bengals. Why not? Um, sorry about my, my, my tangent here. Back to the game uh, from my Baker Mayfield rant. But I, 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 I honestly think that although the Bengals are resting players, there's still more for them to play for than Cleveland at the end of the day. I think that pushes them a little bit over the edge for me. So, bit of a disagreement there. You're going with Cincy. I'm going with Cleveland. 
both those teams, both of these teams not playing for much for Week 18. Obviously, Cincy has their sights set on much bigger things to potentially come. So, Shy, that was the AFC, that was an AFC North matchup. Let's keep it in the North, but head to the NFC. Green Bay Packers traveling to Detroit. We don't really know who's playing for the Packers, how much they'll be playing. Like, I think Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, I think those guys do play a little. I could see almost Green Bay treating this like a preseason game where they go out for a quarter, maybe even a half, and then second half, it's mainly the backups. Mainly guys, maybe they missed some time and they're trying to get their feet wet. I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers because I think the Packers are a very good team. They're also a very deep team. And I do think that Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, I do think those guys play in the at least in the first quarter, potentially into the first half. So I think the Packers, they do play their starters a bit. I also like the depth of this team. I think in years past, we've mainly talked about it's Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams or it's Aaron Rodgers and how this team is very top-heavy. What I really like about this Packers team and the reason why they're favored is it's not just one or two guys. I mean, they've been this whole year without David Bakhtiari, most of the year without a Jair Alexander. Zadarius Smith has missed a ton of games this season, and you still see that defense and that offensive line overall hasn't really missed a beat. Obviously, the offensive line hasn't been you know fantastic, but it's been serviceable, and that defense is still a very good defense, even without probably its two best players. You look at the rise of Rashawn Gary at pass rush, Rasul Douglas in the secondary. So I really like how the depth of this Packers team, which I think is a big reason why they're probably the favorite, at least in the NFC, heading into the postseason. But I think already having that bye, you don't want to be too rusty, heading into your first playoff game. So I do think the Packers play their starters at least some of some of this one against Detroit, which is why I'm going to take the Packers. But again, depending on how much they play, wouldn't shock me if Detroit is able to sneak out a win and end their season on a high note. Yeah, I think those are some great points. Um, I don't think it matters all that much how many guys the Packers play. I think I, they'll win this game. I, well, I think if, if Rodgers doesn't play the whole game, I think Detroit might win. I would I would probably still pick Green Bay. Um, just on hunch, I think they're better coached. I think they're better ran. I think that offensive line, probably the starters are going to play the, that game. There's only a certain amount you can sub out there. That offensive line has been quite good, as you mentioned, uh, even with those injuries to big players like David Bakhtiari for the whole year. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll take the Packers. I do think I do agree that it does make sense, um, you know, to play Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers at least for a little bit of quarter. You know, we've seen teams kind of go cold, go rusty after multiple weeks of, of uh, you know, not stepping foot on a football field. Um, so I think that is smart. I'll go with the Packers here as well. So let's finish up the NFC North now. The Chicago Bears taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Both of these teams' head coaches seem to be potentially coaching their final game with their respective teams. It is leaning like or leaning towards that Mike Zimmer and Matt Nagy will no longer be head coaches for the Bears and Vikings, respectively, after this game. This game's in in Minnesota. It seems like uh, Viking Stars, they're playing. It looked like we were going to see Justin Fields one more last time in his one last time in his rookie season. Unfortunately, he was placed on the COVID list, 
So it's looking like we're going to see some Andy Dalton instead. I'm going with the Vikings. It's in Minnesota. I think the Vikings are a more talented team. And again, no Justin Fields, I think, puts a cap on the potential of this Bears offense. And I think with Kirk Cousins back, Justin Jefferson there, I think the Vikings are able to put up some points and get after Andy Dalton on defense. And I think Mike Zimmer, again, I think this will be his last game as the head coach of the Vikings. I think he ends his tenure with Minnesota with a win. I I completely agree. Um, I, I, I have the Vikings here as well. Again, more talented team. I know I picked the Bears to come in second in this division. Obviously, things shaped up a little differently, I will admit. You are right. The Vikings are the more talented team. I will say, I mean, you know, you were. I thought Minnesota would would make the playoffs. So we were kind of both a little off on this division. That is true. I'll take the Vikings here at home, um, and I wouldn't be surprised to see if Mike Zimmer gets a head coaching interview um, a- after being fired from Minnesota, which is what seems like will happen. Both of these guys still, I think, well respected and will have. Uh, you know, at least coordinator jobs in the league after this season for sure. They should, and or I could see one or both of them potentially taking a year off, a lot like what Doug Peterson did, and we see Peterson getting a head coaching head coaching interview. Like so. McCarthy did it as well. McCarthy did, so it is definitely a potentially popular route to go to. So I think that will be a potential enticing option as well for these two coaches. So shy a game that matters a lot towards the playoff picture the indianapolis Colts traveling traveling i should point out to jacksonville to take on the jacksonville jaguars now all the Colts have to do is beat the team that currently has the number one overall pick that should be an easy task but let's go back a year ago the jaguars went one and 15 their one win was against the indianapolis Colts. in fact and shy i I told you this when we were talking about it earlier today. The last time the Colts won in Jacksonville was 2014. That's, that was definitely a surprising statistic to me, especially when you see that Jacksonville overall, they had the one great year where they went to the championship game. But overall, Jacksonville has had a pretty bleak, you know, seven, eight-year stretch since 2014 in the Colts. Haven't been fantastic all the time, but overall they've been pretty good with Andrew Luck, last year with Phillip Rivers, and this year they've been solid with Carson Wentz. I think that streak comes to an end. I think the Colts do finally break the curse or whatever this you know, losing skid has been, and I think they do go into Jacksonville. They get the win, and that would all they have to do is win. If they win, they are in the postseason. They don't need help from the Chargers or the Steelers or Ravens. They don't need help at all. All they have to do is win. I think they do do that. I think, again, they're just a more talented team than Jacksonville is. I do think the Jaguars uh, could potentially, maybe they put up a fight early on because Derek Bevel, he's trying to showcase what he potentially can do. I think he might get a head coaching interview with Jacksonville, although I don't know how serious of a candidate he is for this job. For the Jaguars, though, they've started their interview search for their next head coach, Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell. We'll see who has interviews for this position. A couple of Cowboys coordinators, Tampa Bay coordinators are up potentially for this head coaching job. But right now, I think the Jaguars' main focus is how do we steer the ship so that we're a competitive team on the rise starting as early as next year? Because one year in, 
and it does not look good in terms of building the right team around Trevor Lawrence. Well, the line on this game is 15.5 in favor of Indianapolis. What do you make of that, Alex? I definitely saw that, and I feel like normally I'd say, yeah, that seems about right, but then there's the whole, they haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014, which I think, I don't know if it's we're making, I think we're trying to make this game fun and interesting because it does carry so much weight. I mean, you do look at the last time these two teams played each other in Indianapolis, Colts won by six. So it was a competitive game. They they did beat up they did beat up uh the Texans a few times, but the Colts game was competitive uh when they played Jacksonville. I do I think it's an interesting line, but at the same time I'm trying to think, are we making too much of this whole haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014? I'm trying to make as much of it as I can, Alex. I'll be watching this game very closely in the hopes that a And that has nothing to do with you being a Steelers fan by any chance. No, no. Uh, it's, not as my, not, it's not as if my playoff hopes or the Steelers' playoff hopes lie on the, on the, on the, in the hands of a two-win team playing a playoff uh, caliber, caliber Colts team. Yeah. What could go uh, wrong? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pick the Colts. I'm not, you know... I, I, I do think that this game probably will be a blowout, frankly. The, the, the Colts are just a much better team. They're going to dominate at the point of attack. And I, I just don't... And you're, you're, the ball's not going to, I think, really need to be in Carson Wentz's hands. I don't see how the Colts can really lose this game unless they lose at the point of attack, which would be extremely hard to see given Jacksonville's, excuse me, lack of talent, or at least the disparity of talent between these these two teams. So, yeah, we're both going with the Colts. We do think they take care of business and secure their playoff spot, which as of now, they'd be facing the Cincinnati Bengals, which I think would be a really fun first-round matchup. So, Shy, we kind of talked, we touched upon your Pittsburgh Steelers. Now we touch on the game, taking on the Baltimore Ravens. Ben Roethlisberger's last game against the Ravens. I feel like that's appropriate for really since 2004 when he was drafted. It really seemed like this division has been dominated by both the Steelers and Ravens. Obviously, Ben went to three Super Bowls. The Ravens won a Super Bowl. It really felt like for the last decade and a half these two teams have really switched off in terms of division champs obviously neither of these teams will be winning the division this year but I feel like it's really fitting for these two teams to play to play each other as Ben Rother Ben Roethlisberger plays potentially his last game unless they're unless he has squeak into the playoffs his last game as he rides into retirement yeah um it was really, I think, powerful, you know, as a Steelers fan who's watched Ben Roethlisberger, you know, my entire my entire life, you know, as a football fan, as a Steelers fan, uh, and uh, I, you know, it was a uh, it was pretty emotional. Um, you know, I I didn't think I, you know, I, I I would feel the way I did watching that game. You know, start starting to tear up a little bit at the end. You know, right with Big Ben. Um, with all the fans, but uh, he's given me a lot of and I think many Steelers fans a lot of memories, a lot of game-winning drives, and uh, you know, obviously two Super Bowls. And I don't think the NFL or you know, you know, any Steelers fans will ever forget uh, 
future, probably, I think he should be a first down Hall of Famer. And now for the Steelers, this offseason will be finding your next quarterback, whether, whether, that's right. through the, <laughs> whether that's through the draft with Kenny Pickett going to Pitt, potentially the hometown kid. Maybe they you know attempt to swing a big trade. Obviously, your cap situation, I think, is better than it has been in years past. Very good, in fact, Alex. So it's much better than it has been years past because I know consistently it's been how do we clear cap space just to pull even. Exactly. Uh, they'll have to eat some cap from Minimum's first contract, but they're projected to have around the range of 40-something million. Which is definitely um, a lot to work with if you were to tr- attempt to swing a big trade for a Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson. This is such a tough game because even with Tyler Huntley, I want to pick the Ravens, and I think I'm going to. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. My only, I guess, like thing pulling me the other direction is, do the Steelers just lay it all out for Ben Roethlisberger, and is it more of like a his last game, his last send-off, even though it might not be at home? Did the Steelers eke out a win against, really, your arch-rival for Ben Roethlisberger's tenure with you guys? The Ravens, a team, as I said, you battled with for division titles year in and year out as kind of a last hurrah does Ben get that win against the Ravens. I think it's a close, but I really like how the Ravens have played with Tyler Huntley. They were right in it against the Green Bay Packers, a two-point conversion away from winning that game. It looked like they were going to secure an upset win against the Rams. Rams, big fourth down conversion, and then a touchdown with, I believe, under a minute to play. So you, I really like the way the Ravens have played with Tyler Huntley. Yes, he's not Lamar Jackson. I don't expect Lamar Jackson to play in this game. Both these teams still have playoff hopes, although they're very minimal at this moment. I'm going to give the edge to the Ravens, though, in Baltimore, a place it seems like they do play slightly better at. And also, no, yes, this Ravens, the Ravens secondary is banged up, but Deontay Johnson, he was placed on the COVID list. And you look at the Steelers offense, they don't really have that outside threat or even in the slot that can really burn a banged up Ravens secondary. That's true. I mean, they'll need a big game from Chase Claypool to have a shot at this game. Joe Hayden also out on the COVID list for them. Big loss. They were starting to get their rhythm going defensively with him back in the secondary. Steelers have lost four straight on the road. It's night and day, as you say, when they're in Hyde's field. And, you know, they'll go in this game as far as Ben Roethlisberger takes them. But it's kind of felt like last week, you know, Monday night was the game to say goodbye. It felt like it felt like they did say goodbye. Um, I think the only way the Steelers, you know, win this game, and to be honest, the Ravens have played a much better football, you know, even with Tyler Huntley, they just have been unfortunate, is if the Steelers' offensive line can somehow conjure a performance like, you know, last week where they really bullied the Browns, I believe 188 or something yards on the ground. Najee Harris, as as uh, Ben Roethlisberger put it, ran possessed. I think that's the only way the Steelers have a shot at this game. Um, I really do think the Ravens have played better football. They're at home. I expect them to win. So both going with the Ravens, but obviously Roethlisberger got his home send-off with a win against the Browns last week as he rides into the sunset as a two-time Super Bowl champion. So, Shai, we kicked off the episode by talking about the Chiefs and how right now they're the two-seed and the one-seed is still in reach. Well, now we can't talk about what has to happen. 
And we again, we touched on it earlier. They need the Houston Texans to knock off the Tennessee Titans. Now, again, you look at it and you think that's not going to happen. It would take a miracle. But then you look at it from a bigger picture and think, well, the Texans beat the Titans in Tennessee earlier this year. Now, granted, I feel like the Titans weren't playing as great football as they are now. I feel like they were a bit of a skid or at least and you know in a skid during that time frame. I like the way the Titans have played now. I think they're playing better. We'll see if Derrick Henry plays in this game. I think I expect him not to, especially with the way Tennessee ran the ball last week without Henry. Really gashed. Uh, had a great game on the ground, uh, again, without Henry. So I think I, I think that can continue against a suspect Texans defense. And even though Houston got the win last time, I think Tennessee bounces back, gets a win, secures the one seed, Derrick Henry gets healthy, and even after that kind of mid to late season skid, Tennessee seems like they finally have rebounded. They're getting healthier. A.J. Brown has been really great overall since he came back, especially against that game in San Francisco. And again, as the Titans, really their offense more so gets healthier, I think they've kind of repositioned themselves to be a threat in the AFC. Yeah, I think that the Texans can keep this game close, Alex, but the Titans playing to secure the one seed, more talented team. That that defense has played much better as well uh, of late. Um, helped by the emergence of Bud Dupree coming back from injury. He's facing some minor disciplinary charges, um, as it seems, but it doesn't appear that any significant action will be taken. Whether he plays this game, I'm not sure. Is uh, you know, I mean, he may still play this game. I he should probably be uh, a tight end for the playoffs. Uh, I expect Tennessee to win this game. Get you know, make life uh, for for Houston uncomfortable uh, offensively with Davis Mills. I I don't. I I think they'll run the ball just as effectively as they did against Miami. Tennessee, although they may not be the best team in the AFC. I think we'll secure that first round by, which will be much needed to get King Henry back running the rock. So, Shai, let's now go to the AFC East. Let's just kind of talk about that division. Obviously, all divisional matchups this week. Let's start with the Jets taking on the Buffalo Bills. Bills, uh, they're in the playoffs. They have a playoff spot clinched. They don't have their division clinched. And I know it's funny because they, they beat the Patriots in New England but lost in Buffalo. But I do think with that fan base, even though they're not the most physical team, I think the weather will help them. So I think winning that division, getting home field, at least for the first round, is a priority and should be a priority. And against a Jets team that really gave Tampa a run for their money last week, Jets have seemed to really struggle against Josh Allen, really struggle against the Buffalo Bills. Bills have really torn them apart really the last two years. I think that streak is going to continue in Buffalo. Always a tough place to play. I like the Bills getting to get their 11th win of the year and lock up the AFC East in a division that's really been neck and neck really the entire second half of the year ever since the Patriots came on really strong. Yeah, I, I like the Bills here too. Although I will say something about the Jets' performance last week. 
they did play well. They made life, you know, difficult for Tom Brady at times. Obviously, that game-winning drive was a little bit too easy for him. But I, I really thought that it seemed like at, at certain points, Alex, and, you know, you could disagree if you want. It seemed like the Jets tried to lose this game. No, you well, there was a quarterback sneak no, from two yards away. There was a, by my understanding, that wasn't the play call. The play call was a reverse to Braxton Berrios to get him kind of running, you know, already running motion, gain momentum, heading towards the first down marker. And apparently, Zach Wilson thought there was he could have audibled out of it to a QB sneak. He saw, he, I think he saw something that he thought he liked and it ended up being something different. So he did run the QB sneak. The Jets coaching staff has said that that was a mistake. They needed to be more clear with Wilson that he really should never have had the option to audible. So that it should have just been a, you know, the uh, reverse to Braxton Barris. He's really been a really nice player for the Jets this season. And Jets, a team that's going to try to lock up Barrios this offseason, but I, I believe there's there's some miscommunication that led to the QB sneak. I do think, though, you look at their last couple games against the Buccaneers and against the Jaguars, Zach Wilson has played really well, and you don't love to say moral victories and they didn't win, but they played tough, but when you're a team that's trying to groom and develop a young quarterback, the Jets were never going to be competitive this year. They never were going to really challenge for this division or a playoff spot the biggest goal in my mind for the Jets coming into this season was developing Zach Wilson and I really feel like after a lot of bumps and bruises both literally and figuratively it really looks like Wilson has come on strong these last two weeks I I don't know how well he plays against a pretty solid Bills secondary but if he can have another game a third good game in a row against a tough defense Win or lose, they just have to be really, or at least a lot more confident than maybe they were in the middle of the year about Zach Wilson, his potential, and his future with the organization as they move into the offseason and into his second season with the team. I, I, I definitely agree with that. I have the Bills winning this game. They showed the ability to run the ball that second half against Atlanta. Um, not a very, uh, you know, not a very awe-inspiring first half, frankly, but... They were losing in the first half. Yeah, they were losing, you know, to the Falcons. We'll talk about, you know, them later. But I, I think the Bills, you know, are able to get back on track. You know, I think that passing attack of Josh Allen is can still be lethal to teams. And if they continue to be patient and run the ball, you know, Devin Singletary was great. Has been very good for them of late as well. I, I like the Bills to take care of business at home against the Jets. Uh I wouldn't read too much into that performance against the Buccaneers, but it's definitely something to build off of if you're the Jets. I just don't see them going into Orchard Park and beating Buffalo in a game that they need to secure home field advantage at that, Alex. So, Shy said the Bills, their division not quite wrapped up, and that's because right now they're currently tied with the New England Patriots. Patriots traveling to Miami, a place they have struggled with, and the Dolphins beat the Patriots Back in week one, obviously a lot has changed since then. Dolphins had a losing, a big losing streak, then a big winning streak. Right now they sit at eight and eight. Meanwhile, Patriots, after a bit of a slow start, 
got really hot, kind of evened out a little over the last couple of weeks. But I think, I know they've had their struggles in Miami, but I'm still picking the Patriots. They had a big bounce back week last week against the Jaguars. I know it was the Jaguars, but they won in convincing fashion. They won, I feel like, in a way that a great team should against a lesser team. So I think you really have to feel better about the Patriots as they head into the postseason. And Shy, with with the way things stand right now, so I don't think they win the division, but with the way things stand right now, it looks like we could have a Bills-Patriots Part 3. Yeah, I, I look forward to that, Alex. I, I have the Patriots as well. They looked angry against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they can carry this in to a game against the Dolphins, who they've already lost to once this year. I think they can carry that same energy. Mac Jones really looked good. Um, this running game has continued to be very solid. Um, we've seen the issues the Dolphins have had offensively, so to creep back against Tennessee to a not taking care of the football again. Um, you can count on you can uh, blame it on those slippy, slippery conditions in Nashville that day, but I still think that this Patriots defense can be opportunistic and take the ball away from this Dolphins offense. So both going with the Patriots, although we both think the Patriots fall just short of winning the division in Mac Jones's rookie season. So shy, we'll go now. Panthers Bucks. Obviously, the Antonio Brown saga seems to be the overarching. A point and talked about a storyline regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and regarding this game Buccaneers really not much to play for it does seem like those starters will be playing this game I'm going with the Buccaneers Panthers have really been free-falling the entire second half of the season whatever they do at quarterback it's just not working the defense has had its bright spots and I definitely think they have a solid core in place if they get the quarterback right, David Tepper, guy who used to be part of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Panthers owner, he's a guy that's known to be aggressive. So we'll see in the offseason if the Panthers are aggressive going after one of the premier quarterbacks via trade potentially. But this isn't the offseason. They don't have one of those premier quarterbacks. It's still that murky quarterback situation where just not everything they've thrown at the wall, it's just not sticking. I think you got to go with the Buccaneers. I mean, they killed Carolina just a couple weeks ago in, in Carolina. And yeah, they're without Antonio Brown. But in that game, they also didn't have Mike Evans, who's now back and healthy. Yeah, I think it's impossible not to go with the Bucs uh, in this game as well. Panthers need to figure out that quarterback situation for sure. I completely agree with you. I think Tampa can just take care of business here at home. I mean, this Antonio Brown saga right now seems to be the the biggest thing that's... that's uh, hampering them uh, obviously if his allegations um, are proven to be true which they look more and more like they are you know Tampa Bay that management that coaching that even that maybe that ownership situation gets to put some heat on uh, and that is not a storyline you want going into the postseason for sure should this develop um, but as I think this week they will be fine and they'll take care of Carolina in convincing fashion at home. So now Seattle traveling to Arizona. Cardinals losing the grip on their division just a couple weeks ago. As shy, we were really worried about the Cardinals losing to the Lions, to the Rams. They it looked like they were free falling. And at that point we kind of knew, yeah, this is this is a team that's gonna make the postseason, but 
Sometimes it's not the best team that wins, but the hottest team, as Arizona was one of the coldest teams in football. They weren't playing good football against subpar opponents. Now, last week, huge win on the road in Dallas, potentially their first round matchup next week in the wild card round. That was a huge game just to boost their morale, boost their confidence, and just get them back on track. I think that continues. Potentially, this is Russell Wilson's last game. I I think Wilson, whether he wants to admit it or not, I think he might act like it just in case. I, I expect a big game for Russell Wilson, Much a much better showing from Seattle than when they lost to Colt McCoy earlier in the year. But I do think Arizona getting back on track last week, wanting to ride momentum into the postseason, I think they're going to just show that they're the better team like they have been really for this entire season. I, I like the Cardinals at home, but I definitely think Russell Wilson and potentially his last game as a Seahawk definitely leaves it all all out on the field. Correct me if I'm wrong, Alex, but I don't think the Cardinals can actually fall in the... In they the, cannot. Uh, so it's possible they might rest some players. I haven't heard anything of that sort. So obviously if they do rest players, especially a guy like Kyler Murray, I would pick Seattle. But... Keep in mind, though, Arizona's playing for their division. That division's not locked up yet. Obviously, no, I, I totally understand they that. They need help, but so they will uh, They will be playing their players because, again, the division's still up for grabs. Absolutely. I was just pointing that out because I'm picking the Seahawks. You are picking the Seahawks. I am picking the Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson goes out with a bang, um, you know, makes sure that, you know, should he leave Seattle, there's, you know, teams are certainly going to be looking at him. Um, I think this will be the cherry on top of his career in Seattle. Um, just kind of leaving a very sour taste in the Cardinals' mouth. You know, they probably aren't very sad. They, they might be satisfied if that went over Dallas, but you lose to a division rival week 18. I just think I like Russell Wilson right now more than Kyler Murray. Um, I don't, I'm not very convinced by this Arizona offense right now. After, ever since they've lost DeAndre Hopkins, they've missed a beat. You know, both on the ground and through the air. Um, I, I, I'm going to see upset. Why not? And I don't think it's that big an upset. You know, I look at the six and a half point line. I actually don't think it should be that high. Again, I think I'm picking Arizona, but I definitely think Russell Wilson gives it it all, gives it it all, and really gives Arizona a run for their money here uh, on the road. So, shy. We talked about how the Cardinals need some help to win the division. This might be the, it's one of, if not the biggest games of the week because it has so much different scenarios going on. That being the Los Angeles Rams hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Now the Rams need to win if they want to win this division. They control their own destiny for the division. They win, they win the division. The thing is though, the 49ers, they're also in a win-and-in situation. Except the one difference is if the Niners don't win, they might not make the playoffs, which is obviously a totally different situation. Both teams are going to be hunger, hungry as ever. They're going to be fighting, especially in San Francisco's case, for their playoff lives because it really does depend on it, on depend on this game. I'm going to go with the Rams here. Niners had a, you know, they got a nice win against the Texans, but it wasn't in convincing fashion. Tough loss against the Titans a couple of weeks before that. And I know Matthew Stafford has had his struggles lately. They didn't. They certainly did not win in convincing fashion against Tyler Huntley and the Ravens. 
But I do think there were some positives to take away. I believe Stafford 14 for 14 in the second half had the big game-winning drive. So although he threw the couple interceptions and almost cost his team the game, he did show his resiliency and ability to come back. I'm going to go with the Rams in L.A. I know they haven't played great football, but neither are the Niners heading into this one. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a great game, and I would be so tempted to pick the Niners um, especially if this was, um, you know, in Levi Stadium, you know, in San Francisco, but it's not. Um, they are at the Coliseum. Um, the Rams are hosting this game. I like the Rams to take care of business. I think it should be very close. Uh, both quarterbacks have struggled a little bit lately, as you mentioned. I just think the Rams right now, defensively. Um, are a much better team than the Niners. The Niners have been inconsistent, especially in the secondary. And I know the Rams had some miscommunications, certainly against Tyler Huntley and, the, and those Ravens, but uh, that defensive line was stout, stopped that Baltimore rushing attack when it mattered most. And I expect them to replicate that uh, on Sunday against the Niners and lock up the division. The Rams, we both picked them as a... Uh, as as potentially a Super Bowl team this year, um, and so far they're more or less are living up to it, Alex. Yeah, I don't know if you. It was never about making the playoffs or even winning this division, so I don't think you can see the exceed expectations or even met expectations because I think anything short of not making the playoffs would have actually been quite below expectations. So, shy. Now that we both picked the Forty ers to lose, that means they need help. And they need help from the Atlanta Falcons taking on the Saints. And I, I like the Falcons. Like, I want to pick the Falcons. I think the Saints get in. I'm picking the New Orleans Saints to beat the Atlanta Falcons on the road and make the playoffs. I think the new, they might get destroyed in the wild card round, depending on who they play. Or they'd probably play the two seed in the NFC. But I think the New Orleans Saints sneak into the postseason with a big win against a division rival in Atlanta. Shy, you're shaking your head. No. No, we saw the Falcons. I mean, the Falcons hung with the Bills, I think, and I think played a very solid half of football um, against okay, the Bills. Last time I checked, football games aren't 30 minutes. They're 60 minutes. You have to play a full 60 minutes. can't just play a great the half. The Saints haven't exactly played the, the, the greatest football either of late. I think they, the Falcons certainly held their own in Orchard Park. That's a game I think we, you know, expect them to get walloped. And I again, I've been I've been singing Matt Ryan's praises all year. I think he's played great when he's given time to throw. Um, you know, support Kyle Pitts has gotten you know seemingly a little bit better each week. I I think they're at home. They play better at home. This defense has looked less suspect as the season season goes on. I, I just like the Falcons. I'm going to pick the quarterback. I'm picking, you know, the the, 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 the savvy, you know, Matt Ryan to play spoiler, spoiler here and ruin New Orleans' playoff hopes. So you're picking the Niners to make the playoffs. I'm picking the Saints. Now, Shai, I do want to briefly, let's say the Saints make the playoffs. I want to just ask you this question. 
Matt LaFleur, terrific job. Packers are going to be the one seed. Vrabel, what he's done with some of their injuries, great job by the Titans. For me, if the Saints are able to squeak into the playoffs at 9-8, and eight, even at 9-8, and eight, I might want to give Coach of the Year to Sean Payton based on what he's had to go through, especially at the quarterback position. It feels a little bit to me like a Mike Tomlin-esque uh, situation when they went 8-8 eight and eight and barely missed the playoffs, you know, with Mason Rudolph and Delvin Hodges at the helm, you know, quarterback for the Steelers just a couple years ago. I'll also say this. They beat the Packers, they destroyed the Packers, and they swept the Bucks. So they went 3-0 against potential, against two of the best teams in the NFC. That, that That's fair. I think you should certainly be in contention for it. I might be, you know, tempted to lean Mike Vrabel. I'm a big Vrabel fan. I think they've won a lot Vrabel of tough was, games. Vrabel was my preseason up. pick. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't mean, you know, you know how much I love being right. So, of course, I wouldn't mind Vrabel winning. Okay, that's fair. I think we can agree on that then. But, yes, I do think Sean Payton has done a terrific job this season. Um, I just don't expect him to get in, and I would lean uh, toward a team that's really also won impressive games with, you know, not always the best supporting cast. So, Shy, wrapping up, not just, uh, I usually say wrapping up the week, but wrapping up the 2021 to 2022 NFL regular season, a winner-take-all game in the AFC West. We start the week with an AFC West game, and we end the week with an AFC West game. The Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Las Vegas, not Oakland, Shy, Las Vegas, to take on the Raiders. Winner take all. Shy, uh, assuming the Jaguars don't beat the Colts and these two teams don't tie, who's going to secure the final playoff spot in the AFC? Give me the Raiders, Alex. And you know how high I am on Justin Herbert and these Chargers. I've just seen more. I've been impressed by the fight of of the of these Raiders. Um, you know, big win in Indianapolis. Derek Carr showed a lot of moxie, a lot of experience leading his team down the field. Hunter Renfro has been great. They seem to be finally finding their rhythm on the ground with that offensive line of Josh Jacobs. That defense has gotten pressure when they needed to and have frankly been better than that Chargers defense of late as well. As you've said, you know, a wise man once said the hottest team gets in. I'm picking the Raiders. I'm going with the Los Angeles Chargers. And at the end of the day, I love Derek Carr. I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. But at the end of the day, I'm gonna I'm rolling with Justin Herbert. He he was my preseason MVP pick that obviously did not work out the way the way I wanted. But at the end of the day, I his firepower, and I think he, even though he hasn't played in many big games, I feel like he's one of those guys that he will be able to step up when the when the matters when you know when the moment matters the most. And I, even though it's gonna be a tough road game, I'm picking the Chargers, and I think they get that final playoff spot. I will say this: if Rick Basaccia win or lose this game, he deserves serious consideration for the Las Vegas Raiders open for their head coaching vacancy. He deserves serious consideration. If they win this game, uh, maybe they should even hand him the contract then. But even if they lose this game and finish 9-8, with all of the turnover that he's had to deal with, and all the 
you know, hoopla and off-the-field distractions, it's truly, truly impressive what Rick Bisaccia has done with Las Vegas Raiders. But I am still going with the Los Angeles Chargers to secure the last spot in the AFC. So that's going to do it for this edition of NFL Game Time Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you next week for the NFL Playoffs.